hello and welcome back to Inside the USFL uh, podcast, giving you an inside look at the USFL from someone on the inside. To my right is Birmingham Stallion Center, Jordan McRae. I am Zach Bruner. And obviously, big news around the USFL this past week, week nine, Birmingham Stallions undefeated no more. Uh, That means you guys have a little bit of a different point of view going into the final week of the season. But overall, how are you guys feeling following, uh, of course, uh, we've been hyping up the Houston Gamblers the past two weeks, saying Mm -hmm. that they're the most underrated team in the league. And you guys came up just short. But how are you guys feeling so far? Uh, a little disappointed because, um, you know, we try to make it a one week one week at a time thing, but stacking eight of them in a row, like we wanted to run the table and hopefully finish the season 12-0. and 0. But obviously came up a little short and uh, to nobody's fault but ours. Uh, you know, Houston has a really good team, but um, it's a, it's so many mistakes on, on, at least from the offensive standpoint, our side of the ball, where we could have uh, definitely taken over that game and, just fell a little bit short, and that's really the shortcomings of uh, the last couple of weeks. And we finally, it finally came to bite us in the ass this week. So uh, we know what we have to get better at, and, and it's going to be a lot more emphasis going forward. But the the common theme is we'd rather it be now than it be in Canton. So. 100%. I've been a part of some teams where, you know, that one lost season and you didn't win a championship. And those, those sting. Yes. Those are bad. So – uh, what can be learned from this loss? I mean, obviously, the old cliche is that you learn the most in defeat. You learn the most when you fail. Uh, so you look back at this past week. What is it that you guys can truly focus on going into the final week of the season then? Uh, just having a little more attention to detail and also communicating better. And this is just from the offensive standpoint. I think the defense still played a hell of a game. And mm-hmm. We definitely should score more than 17 points and be able to win. And we also gave up two points uh, with the safety. So it would have been 15-15 if you look at it from that standpoint. But for offensively and then offensive line is just uh, having a better form of communication all down the line. So every five knows what the other four are doing. And um, this on it also just finishing too. Like we had the first drive of the game, 17 plays and come up with three points. Second drive, 12 plays in the red zone, another just three points. Like, uh, we got to be able to capitalize on those those type of opportunities. And we did in this game, and it came, it really came to, came to get us in the end. To your point, I mean, you guys moved the ball pretty much all game. Running game wasn't great, but passing game was great. Jamar was super sharp. Yeah. Uh, first two, two drives of the game is long scoring drives, but it ended with you guys kicking for points instead of finishing in the end zone. What are the things you can actually like focus on or like, what are you guys talking about? Like what's the difference between kicking for points at the end of the drive instead of finishing in the end zone? Um, at least from the offensive line standpoint is, is making sure we all are on the same page when it comes to the points that we're making and, and just being vocal loud and vocal with our communication, like a, on a couple of those runs, it wouldn't have even been a 17 play drive if if one person hears the point or if I'm a little bit more loud with the point so we know exactly where we're going to be going to because the guy it might be a six yard game but if that guy is blocked because he knows the tackle knows where he's going or the, or I make the point of where we're going to be going to then that guy is is blocked and it's a it's a big run it's a big touchdown so little things like that um come to show up in the game 
a game like that, especially when you don't end up scoring on drives like that, like all of those little mistakes, 10 guys doing the right thing and one guy maybe uh, didn't hear hear something or went the wrong way or anything like that is are really drive killers within the drive because nobody knows what play is going to be the play that's necessary to score. And any of those mistakes that we could have corrected would have helped us uh, be more successful on offense. That's true. And it does lead into a question from Chris Guy. Uh, he's talking about offensive line consistency or inconsistency. He mm-hmm. wants to know specifically how much does communication uh, like play into uh, – he talks about picking up blitzes, but you can talk about uh, in the running game as well because I think you guys pass protected a lot better this game. Mm-hmm. But maybe to your point, uh, you know, doubling or whatever it is, Yeah, uh, there were some well, missed blocks there. So a lot of, a lot of the time the communication is good for the start of the play, but once the defense starts to move more – we got to make sure everybody's on the same page. So we might be going to one backer and then there's a formation change. And now that backer goes to the complete other side. We still got to go to him. The, the guard that I'm working with has to know that I'm no longer working with you. I'm working with this guy. And it's it just something that has to be over communicated. It just can't be assumed. And um, that's on my fault. So I, th- I take a big blame of that. I'm not being as vocal as I should have been in the game. And something that we'll definitely work on going this going into this week. So even in the run game, pass game, we got to know which backers we're going to be working to, who's going to be working with who, and and if we don't get that done, then it's not a very very high chance for success, running or passing. So yeah, I think from people truly on the outside who are just learning about offensive line play, defensive line play, stuff like that, I think people are now because there's more. Uh, experts in the industry, the Joe Thomas is the world talking about it, yeah. about communication on the offensive line. I do feel like people still don't realize in play, like you were just talking about during the play while things are happening. Yeah. Uh, the communication. And I know there's a lot of times, like once you play with a guy for years, like you just yeah. know where they're going to be, you know what they're going to do, you know, their nonverbal stuff. And this situation with the startup league, other startup leagues, you guys don't have that. So to your point, you need to over communicate to even know where people are. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and with the, the lack of training camp and the lack of actually knowing the guys until we actually get here, in order for us to be on the same page, it has to be communicated every single time. And then we'll get to the point where we can do it non-verbally, but that'll probably be like championship time. And then it's even more of a reason to communicate because we got to make sure everything goes right on that day. For sure. And speaking of communication at the offensive line, uh, you know, you guys are playing these teams multiple times now. Mm -hmm. And first round of the playoffs, you know, it's going to be against the breakers. It's going to be the third time you play them. Are you guys switching up your calls at the line of scrimmage from like the last time you played them? And if you are like, what goes into that? Like, is it a lot of truly like flashcards, essentially like drilling words during the week? Uh, no, it'll, it'll just be in the beginning of the week. Us as a as an offensive line, as a group collectively, will come up with, okay, what's going to be the word this week for this call, or what's going to be the word this week for that call. So it's uh, just a little bit of a change up. Probably something still similar to the first call, but just not the exact same. Because um, you know they'll pick up on that eventually, but they're they're trying to do their assignments too, so they're not going to be listening in. Like, oh, this means close to this. So um, it'll be something in the beginning of the week. If we feel like we need to change it or like we're calling it too much and they're getting the tip on it, then we'll change it uh, in the beginning of the week so we can uh, drill it for practices. And then once it comes to games, uh, it'll be just like second nature again. 
that yeah that makes sense you i i can't imagine you guys are doing like the peyton manning level of calls where literally a first quarter is not the same as the fourth quarter and it depends on the down uh-huh. the distance and <laughs> no we're not we're, we're not going that far in depth if, if they're if they're smart enough to pick it up from the first to the fourth then good on them we just got to do our job a little bit better but um we're going to stay with the same call that we've been going with unless it's becoming too big of a problem then we'll make right. it change, obviously but Otherwise, no, Payne got the first and the fourth. We'll just get it over with in the game. Yeah. And and this week, so final week of the regular season, you guys are playing the Tampa Bay Bandits Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, This is a big offensive line and offensive line that kind of – or defensive line, rather, Mm -hmm. that kind of gave you guys some issues last time. They were a little chippy, uh, big, fast. They swatted down a bunch of balls, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. So talking about communication – uh, how are you guys feeling going into the final week of the season? And someone asked, uh, straight trash homie from Reddit, shout out Randy Moss, I guess, kind of. Uh, are you guys <laughs> planning on resting anybody the final week before the playoffs? Uh, no, that hasn't been a topic of discussion yet. We want to go into the playoffs on hitting on all cylinders. Um, we really don't have big enough rosters to rest guys. Like if somebody's banged up, then maybe they'll rest for this week. But uh, we're going into it with a full head of steam, trying to win this game and and um, get ready for can get ready for this week first of all, and then get ready for, to build up that success and go into can. When you have a big physical offensive line that you're about to face, does that change anything in terms of preparation? Uh, because they are obviously they're moving all over the place. They are getting mm-hmm. their hands up. Are you guys doing anything specific that's different this week than previous weeks? No, not really, because a lot of the stuff, especially for offensive line play, we look at it as not what they're going to be doing to us, but what we're going to be doing to them. And as long as we play within the, the framework of our game plan, do our technique to our best abilities, um, regardless if it's a bigger, stronger offensive line that gets their hand up or a side-to-side defensive line that uh, likes to create havoc and shoot gaps and stuff like that, as long as we do what we're supposed to do, it shouldn't matter what they're doing. So that's the kind of the outlook that we go into it with. So we don't want to change too much, but we do realize like on certain double teams, we got to stay a little bit longer, make sure we get the right push and, and things of that nature. But otherwise, no, we're going to take it like we take any other game, we're playing any other defensive line uh, that we know is good. And we just got to be, we just got to be better. Championship mentality. They have to play us. They have to see us. They're preparing for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, so, a little bit off topic, but it was WWE night okay. in Birmingham. I feel like every offensive and defensive lineman's a wrestling fan. That's just me. That's just the yeah. experience I have. Are you a wrestling fan? Did you used to watch? Still watch? I, I watched it a little bit back in the and back in the day. Not too much like some of the other guys did, but uh, I, I did um, like watch it back in the day a little bit. And uh, I actually wrestled in high school, like so. It's not the same exact kind of wrestling, but. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of both. So, did you have a favorite wrestler back in the day? Uh, I'd probably say The Rock. Solid. I'd probably say The Rock. Solid. Yeah. Again, got to get on The Rock's tequila. We got to figure <laughs> that out. Got to figure it out. <laughs> um. So, bikini a troll. Interesting name from Reddit. As a yeah. center, have you ever forgotten the snap count? He notes there's been plays where you see sometimes everyone's moving and the center's staying still. Has that ever happened to you in your career? It, it has happened before, but not really to the effect 
of of me forgetting that it's on like on one and not snapping it but instead of being on two and like i'm making calls making calls and it's on two and i snap it and it was on i snap it on one and it was on two so literally i'm the only one moving but the only difference with that and why that's bad is because the play starts when i snap it so nobody else is moving but me it's probably going to be a negative play but uh every now and then it, it will happen we just you just got to be locked in it's usually later in in the game or later in the drive when things are going good and you're not really as locked in as you should be, or you're a little bit more tired. So, um, unfortunately, yes, I have had that happen quite a few times. So another responsibility of the center, obviously, if there's a player that jumps off sides, a lot of times the center's told just snap the ball because it's a free play. Are mm-hmm. you watching that? Or is that something you're pay atten- paying attention to actively? Yeah. Especially on plays when, when I know, cause for at least for our offense, it's not every every time we go on two, it's not okay, snap the ball. It's only certain certain times or certain plays that we have dialed up. Um, otherwise, uh, when they jump off sides, whoever's the adjacent lineman is responsible for reaching out and touching the guy once once he crosses the line. It has to be so if like let's say the defense, the right defense the end jumps and I move, it's gonna be offsides. Mm-hmm. But if the right tackle moves, then it'll be um, a penalty on the defense. So, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, same person, Bikini, wants to know, uh, do you do anything different or is play a little different when you have someone head up versus on the guard? Um, Just a little bit. Like, you know, um, the footwork is going to be a little bit different because you know you got a guy that's going to be coming downhill on you right now. When a guy's on the guard, you know you have a little bit more time. Uh, you can be a little bit more patient. And you still want to be patient when a guy head up on you, but you got to make sure that you're physical as well. You can't be lazy with your footwork or stand up too tall or in situations like that, you might get away with it when he's on the guard. So just uh, being a little bit more intentional, especially if it's a pass play, making sure you get off the ball so you're not giving a guy a one-way go. I think – at least with you, especially with different plays this season, is there anything different than if you are asked to pull immediately following a snap either? Um, I try not to make it any different. Usually, but the only thing is, usually I'm not, I'm, I'm probably never going to pull when there's a guy head up on me. Yeah. So that, that, that would make it a lot different because you got to be patient and also make sure you're getting off the ball fast enough so you're not getting picked. But um, when you pull, just making sure that the ball is going straight back and not, directionally to where your hips are pointing now because you're opening them up, them up a little bit more. I'll probably say that's the only difference. And again, if you get to the line of scrimmage, all of a sudden they move someone head up you, you're supposed to pull. That's more communication that you guys are doing pre-snap. and Exactly. Yeah. Lots exactly. of talking that's not picked up yep. uh, for good and for bad, I would say. And uh, that, that leads to another one, actually. I don't care. I'm stronger than you in IRL. I feel attacked a little bit uh, from Reddit. Uh, he has a question. Has the emphasis on giving the audience more of an inside look at team communications affected any in, anything or led to any issues during the game? Uh, during the game, not so much. But, um, I mean, sometimes it's easier for, for the defense to pick up plays because obviously, you know, they're going to watch the TV copy. They're going to hear the plays. They're going to hear the formations. And that gives them a little bit of an edge. So it'll be times, like I remember like vividly during the the Breakers game, uh, we lined up in a certain formation and everybody on the defense was yelling, watch the tunnel screen. 
And I was like, how in the fuck do they know this? And they yeah. literally almost picked the ball off. It almost was a pick six. And I was like, bro, because there wasn't a check for us to get out of it or anything like that. We just had to run the play. And the DB literally didn't do anything but jump jump the tunnel. So it was like uh, that played us to their advantage a little bit. Um, but, I mean, just means we just got to work a little bit harder and make sure that we're not getting in those formations for just one play or anything like that. So, Do you think that – in to your point, um, TV copy has way more information than like a typical football game that we've seen in the past mm. uh, for defenses. Do you think that is fed into the lower scores towards the end of the season at all? Um, it it could possibly be that. It could possibly be that. Um, yeah, there was a lot more scoring going on in the beginning of the season. I didn't even pay attention to that. But uh, yeah. maybe it's just the defense is catching up. You know, defense always has the in my opinion, a little bit of an advantage when it comes to like a shorter season or anything like that, because um, it's not as much learning. It's just find the ball, get the ball, in my opinion. Maybe that's me being naive, but um, offense has a lot more intricate parts into it and and steps and all that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like defense is always going to have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to a shorter season or a shorter camp or anything like that. Maybe that's just showing up a little bit more now. I agree. I mean, again, defense, see ball, get ball. How yeah. complicated is it really? They don't they don't <laughs> do anything over there. Um, Framing Jake wants to know, maybe you don't know this, but I feel like there will be some judgment going on if you do. How do you know how Skip Holtz eats a steak or takes a steak? Like what level of cook? Uh, I don't know. I, I do not know. But if I had to guess, I would I would. At least hope it's a it's a a medium guy, because a medium okay. is, is, is the best way to cook the steak. If if you're getting a steak rare or or well done, uh, you, you might as well get a burger. So I, I would I would hope that uh he's eating the steak the right way. Uh yeah, well done. If if that's the case, I mean we have some questions. Yeah. I don't I, I don't I'm a, I'm a rare guy, so I you know what I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Someone on Reddit commented. Saying that he's a champion, he eats it blue. So uh, <laughs> everyone thinks he's gnawing on it raw. I guess. I um, I, that's about all we got for this week. Do you have anything else you want to talk about heading into the final week of the season? Um, no, that's about it, man. I can I honestly can't believe how fast it's been going by. Like, yeah, it, it seems like uh, we just got on this yesterday talking about going to camp and now we're here ready to head right. to King. So it's, uh, it's been enjoyable though, man. It's, it's been a real good experience. They've been treating us well here in Birmingham and I'm excited to see how the rest of this season goes and then how the USFL continues to build once guys are going to their own markets and stuff like that. I think that'll be, that'll be good, good for the entire league. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, we need, more diehard fans. It's a little bit harder to do it the way it's set up, but obviously it makes mm. sense the way it's set up. Yeah. And it's been a success. I mean, you guys have made it this far. Mm -hmm. uh, have they communicated with you anything about like the Canton plans yet in terms of transportation yeah, so, getting there? So we were, we were thinking uh, they're trying to decide whether we're going to leave Tuesday of next week or Thursday. I think we decided on Thursday um, we're going to be staying in Cleveland, I believe, not in Cannes, because they didn't have too many hotels in Cannes that could host all of us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be staying like 40 minutes away. And then um, we're going to practice here on Thursday and leave uh, sometime around five or six Thursday night. Uh, have our walkthrough. Have, they'll have some stuff set up for us to do on Friday, like uh, around Canton. And then Saturday, play the game. And then uh, when we win, we'll be there for the whole next week and then get ready for the game on uh, the third as well. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. Are they planning? I mean, maybe it's too far ahead. Are they planning practices in Canton then? Um, see, we haven't gotten that far yet. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure after after the game on uh, the first playoff game, they'll give us a little bit more details about how that's going to yeah. go. But um, haven't gotten that far yet in, in, in talk. So. Okay. I mean, it should be cool. Mm-hmm. I, I like the whole Hall of Fame field there. Right, it's right at the Hall of Fame. It's a cool experience for anyone looking to go out there. Um, I will be there for the championship game, more than likely once Birmingham wins against the Breakers. First weekend, somebody else has to go and represent. Um, but yeah, again, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Fox against the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, and then after they win that game, carry momentum into the playoffs. Yep. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for joining us all season long so far. I'm mm-hmm. Zach Bruner, and we'll see you next time. All right, peace.